Hello, I'm Philip. And I'm Phoebe. Welcome to Dad. And Daughter Do Death. Hello, Phoebe. How are you? Hello, Dad. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited about episode 18 of our podcast. I know, 18 weeks in. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> it's pretty good. And uh, we might have some exciting news. Some exciting news, which uh, we'll tell you at the end. We don't want to uh, get you too excited, but uh, yeah. wait to the end and find out some exciting news coming your way from Dad and Daughter Do Death. Could be uh, could be something out there for you. Yes, maybe. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see at the end. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, keep listening and um, and we'll tell you more later. So any, uh, any, anything in the news this week, Phoebe? Well, I was pretty, um, third one, furious to find out that um, they've decided that Laurie Vallow is not fit to stand trial. Incredible. Um, which is quite frankly ridiculous. Um, so it's being contested, so we can hope that something will come of the contest. But yeah, oh, she is such a piece of work. It's, yeah, just so frustrating that Tylee and JJ's family the rest of them aren't going to get you know and that them themselves aren't going to get the justice that they deserve so she's such a piece of work and she was able to get herself majorly fit for purpose when it was like contested as a as a custody thing like she wasn't fit to raise them she was then but she's not now so what about uh, daybell yeah i was gonna say it'd be really interesting to see what happens with him i mean as far as i've heard he's not unfit to stand mm. trial so we'll see what comes of that but it's, it's definitely an interesting one an interesting case to to keep your eyes on yeah yes and a funny story this week that um not, not really crime but not death not murder related but um these police in utah got called to this crash at like three o'clock in the morning this car had crashed into the central reservation and a lorry and when they got to the car um it was a nine-year-old and her five-year-old little sister who'd nicked the keys from the house and tried to take the car to california to go in the sea like a 10-hour drive away <laughs> they were fine they were not injured at all but they'd literally woken up in the middle of the night and decided to escape and try and drive to the seaside and the first the parents heard about it was when the police called and were like um we've got your children they stole your car good grief how bad's that they're so lucky they weren't hurt. Utah? Yeah, they decided they wanted to do a little road trip to California for a dip in the sea. Well, that's um, <laughs> that, 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 that's quite um, intrepid of a nine-year-old. Mm. Uh, <laughs> audacious. Yeah. I wonder which one was the instigator, the, the nine-year-old or the five-year-old? Probably the five-year-old. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, but... That's a long way. It's across at least two states. <laughs> yeah, ten-hour drive apparently it would have been. So, you know, good on them for... <laughs> Having yeah. the ambition. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They sh- they may go far one day. Mm. <laughs> Maybe all the way to California. Maybe. Okay, well, this week, Phoebe, I'm going to tell you a story from Italy. Okay. I think that's another country that we haven't yet visited no, on our no, on our tour of European countries. Yeah. We should do this as an actual tour one day and actually go and visit all these cities that we've... Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well. And it's actually uh, 
it's actually set in and around Genoa, which okay. um, depending how well you know your geography of Italy, if you can imagine the south of France where you've got Marseille and Toulon and Cannes and you've got uh, Monaco all along that sort of southeast corner of France. Yeah. And then it becomes Italy. Okay. And then it goes along a bit and then starts to drop down that long right, okay. west coast of the boot, if you like, of, of Italy. Well, Genoa is just on that bit as it goes along the Mediterranean coast and then starts to drop down okay. the, the, I the can, boot. So it's, I can visualise that. It's nice. It's, um, yeah, the Italian Riviera. And, and this story is about a guy called Donato Bilancia. Donato was born on the 10th of July, 1951, in Potenza, which in actual fact is in southern Italy. But um, in 1956, when he was about five, his family moved north to the Riviera region and settled in Genoa. Poor Donato seems to have had a bit of a troubled childhood. And one thing that's recorded about him is that he was a chronic bedwetter. Now, dun, what, dun, dun. what might have been causing that? I don't know. And I'm not entirely sure. Is it the sure. fact that he's a psychopath? Well. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about the, the McDonald triad? No. So it's, um, I think he was an Australian psychologist. And um, he came up with this formula, which often can be disproved, but it's often quite accurate. And it says that... Um, if you're looking for like a, I mean, I'm jumping the gun. I don't know anything. I don't know if you're given as this guy, but um, I'm only one I'm, paragraph in. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's this idea that um, if there's an, a serial killer older in life when they're a child, they show three things, and it's right. uh, generally a like a dysfunctional relationship with the mother, um, injures the pets, hurts the family pets, and yeah. bed wet, wets the bed, the, or okay. an arson. Maybe it's arson. That's four things. But those things are like right, the kind okay. of McDonald tribe that kind of is the hallmark of a serial killer as a child. Well, maybe that's why it's recorded then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as a sign. So I'm sure he did an awful lot of other things in his childhood, but one of the things was that he was a bedwetter. Uh, right up until he was like 11 or 12. Right, okay. So that's, that's quite, quite old. Um, but instead of getting the love and support from his family to get him over whatever troubles he might have had that, could have been causing that. His mother would shame him by putting his wet mattress outside for all the neighbours to see. Oh no! And that's one of the um, sorry. That's one of the um, arguments with the John Bonet thing as well, isn't it? That she wet the bed, and the mom was so angry that she like smashed her head into the bath or the toilet seat and fractured her skull. That's like oh. one of the um, theories in the John Bonet case. Did you have not a the theory fractured... that I buy into? Did you have yeah. a fractured skull? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, well, well, like a um, blunt foothead trauma yeah. thing. Oh, right. so, not the theory that I buy into, but that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you get on. Just... Yeah. Okay, so anyway, if if ever Donato stayed with his aunt, or if his aunt ever babysat for him, or whatever, she too would shame him in front of his cousins by pointing out how underdeveloped he was. Oh, no. Yeah, giving him a real complex, and uh, yeah, so he was he was uh, probably psychologically damaged by this. And 
I think we'll see this attribute of his life, shall we say, coming up again later in the uh, okay. in this in this story. This is already ringing alarm bells. <laughs> Yeah. it's not good it's not a good start is it, <laughs> good start, is it? Yeah, no. <laughs> but i'm sure he's a very nice boy <laughs> otherwise <laughs> uh now when he was 14 he decided that he didn't like the name donato and he wanted to call himself walter for whatever reason Fair. um but for the rest of his story i will be referring to him as either donato or balancia yeah, when he was 14, he started calling himself Walter and he dropped out of school. He got himself a series of jobs, working in a garage, a bakery, even behind a bar. Uh, but then Donato started getting into trouble. He at one point stole a moped and he was only he was underage. He was still in his sort of early mid-teens, but he was released without charge, probably just a bit of a ticking off from the local police but he did go on to steal a truck which was loaded with christmas sweets and candies <laughs> quite what he did with them i don't know but uh yeah so he was already starting to show signs of being a bit of a burglar okay when he was 23 things took a even worse turn for him he was arrested and jailed for possessing a gun that he was holding illegally that he had illegally now not much is recorded about this period of his life but at some point he was committed to a psychiatric ward of the genoa hospital from which he actually escaped why was he committed well we don't really know but i think he must have had some sort of behavioral problems uh as as we already pointed out he, he he had a troubled childhood yeah um he was probably a little bit disturbed by all of that. And yeah, he's already going down a a road of crime at a young age. Yeah. He escaped from the uh, the psychiatric ward, but then he was arrested for robbery and sent and sentenced to 18 months in jail. And when he got out of there, he spent the next few years committing armed robberies in Italy or just across the border in France. Where he spent several periods in jail, but in all of this time, he was never recorded as having been violent. So okay. even though he um, he used to present himself in shops, banks, whatever, with guns, he never actually used them, um, and he was never violent. And he was quite often caught, so he perhaps wasn't very good at it. That's <laughs> not the best criminal. Now, when Donato wasn't in prison, or Possibly, even when he was, uh, he he got a habit of gambling. He became a compulsive okay. gambler. His lifestyle was such that he didn't have a, a partner. He never married. He had no particular family life as such. And he just bumbled along between petty crimes and gambling, basically. That's quite sad. It is sad. It's a sad, it's a sad life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was no stranger to the backstreet gambling dens of Genoa, so it's all getting very seedy. Yeah, yeah. and he was also uh, a regular in the area known as Focce, uh, okay. which is Genoa's prostitute area. Oh, there you go. But nevertheless, he is described as being dapper, 
by his smart appearance, and he was sometimes called Angel Voice. I think, okay. ironic, I think ironically, because he had quite a rasp in okay. his voice by the way he spoke. But yeah, as, as we've already pointed out, I think you can see that uh, he's really hit rock bottom with his lifestyle gambling, prostitutes, robberies. His yeah. life is just funded by whatever he could win in gambling or whatever he stole, basically. That's sad. I guess jumping from sad. prison sentence to prison sentence. Yeah. So yeah, when he was in his um when he was in his mid forties, about 46, 47, in nineteen ninety seven, he was invited to a high stakes card game by two of his gambling buddies. Okay. Maurizio Parenti and Giorgio Centario. Now, this night would turn to be a turning point in his life because the game was rigged. And he won loads of money and he bought a lovely house and lived happy ever after. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It went completely the other way. Oh, no. During the game, Parentini and Centenario cheated him out of the equivalent of... A hundred and eighty-five thousand pounds. Jesus Christ, that's a yeah. lot of money. And he was not happy. No, I'd be pretty upset if someone cheated out of because I think he well he did discover that they they had <gasps> they were cheating that it was rigged, and um, his anger just got the better of him. He yeah. went out. He got hold of, I'm not sure if he bought it, stole it, borrowed it off someone, but he got hold of a .38 caliber revolver, which he loaded with wad cutter ammunition. Now, wad cutter ammunition are bullets. Oh, well, yeah, they're bullets that have got completely flat tops. Oh, okay. They're not curved or pointed or anything. They're completely flat. They're very good for sort of competition, shooting competitions, because they, they go through paper paper targets and things really well okay and um leave a good mark but because of the shape of them they travel a bit slower than ordinary bullets and as a result if you fire them at a person it they cause a lot more damage wow okay uh, than one with a point on the end because basically i suppose it's just blasting its way through any yeah any flesh or whatever so uh, yeah it's not streamlined i guess like a... Not streamlined, yeah. There's no very little aerodynamicness mm. about it. So they travel generally slower, but cause a lot more damage if they go through flesh. What does a point thirty eight caliber mean? Is that like a measurement? It I is, never understand yeah, this. Yeah. So I no idea. Point, point two two or or thirty eight or forty four. And is it the size of the bullet that goes? Basically, in it? yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's it's basically the the width of the bullet oh okay first donato went to visit centenaro who was found dead shortly afterwards now he was the one <laughs> that had actually um, arranged the evening okay. so he he wanted to get revenge on him now when he when he was found dead police originally thought that he actually died of a heart attack uh, and some reports say that he did die of a heart attack at the uh, as being okay. uh, at the as at the fright, as it were, of being confronted by Donato with a gun. Okay. Um, but other reports say that he was actually strangled. So I'm not, I'm not sure okay. which it is. But one way or another, Centenaro was dead. 
So but he wasn't shot with this gun. He, he wasn't shot. No, he wasn't shot with the theatre. He was just waved in front of him, which may have brought on the heart attack. She couldn't have dropped dead spontaneously. <laughs> yeah. Bilanchi then went on to visit Parentini, where he broke into his home. This time he did shoot him and his wife, <laughs> and he robbed their safe. Okay. So in a very short space of time, he killed three people, given that he'd never killed anybody ever before. Yeah. He's escalating. Yeah, he is escalating. <laughs> and I think it's recognised by psychologists and people that have studied him that this awoke something in Donato, which then caused him to basically just start killing for the fun of it or oh, because wow. he had a need to do it. So his next victims were a jewellery shop owner and his wife. He broke into their home, killed both of them with the gun. And robbed them. When was this? Like the same. This is night all in 1996. Or... I don't know if it was the same night, but it was all happening. Okay. Sort of. So the gambling was happening in October 1997, and all this is happening in 1997. So it's it's all okay, happening. So yeah. Quickly. Very like, quickly. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. From now on, the story doesn't cover much time at all. Wow. Okay. <laughs> as as we'll find out. He just snapped. He just snapped, yeah. So he's now killed uh, a jewellery shop owner and his wife, apparently because she screamed. Okay, as you would. And so he shot them both. I think he was probably intended to shoot shoot them anyway. Uh, And then he shot dead a money changer for no real real reason other than maybe he would have robbed him because we'll see in a moment that he does the same thing again. Okay. So now he's killed six people. Uh, no one's or, caught. No one's caught up with him. No one's caught up with him yet. No. Donato Balanchia then killed a night watchman simply because he didn't like night watchmen. Fair. <laughs> Maybe because they always thought his robbery attempts. <laughs> yeah. No. Whenever he tries to break in somewhere to, you know, because up to this time he's led a life of robberies and burglaries yeah. and things and maybe that's why he doesn't like but now he's got this sort of he's like liberated isn't yeah, he yeah this, this, <laughs> this um almost he's given himself permission to start <laughs> killing people so yeah he doesn't like night watchman bang you're dead and then that was followed by the killing of a second money changer who was shot multiple times and his safe was emptied as well so he's gathering quite a lot of cash yeah so within a space well he probably has by now i should imagine yeah (laughs) (laughs) because he did rob the person in the card game that was robbing him so if that money was actually i don't know if it was in cash um i think this was still in lira in the late 90s in italy i don't um, yeah so we're talking probably billions of yeah. era because they had ridiculous numbers but uh, yeah but yeah by now he's he's killed eight people in a very short space wow. of time so far the motive seems to be on the whole one of greed stealing money and jewelry um but that is about to change because as i mentioned earlier Balanchia regularly visited the prostitute areas and right. used prostitutes. 
And some of those alleged in interviews and things afterwards, as was mentioned earlier, he was somewhat underdeveloped and impotent. Oh, no. Yeah. His aunt was right. <laughs> well, now whether he was ridiculed by them, we, we don't know. But uh, I think he he had rage and anger against the prostitute community. And that's, uh, a, that's a really common thing that you see, yeah, actually. Yeah, it is, it? actually. Quite a lot yeah. of um, killers, especially with prostitutes, especially if they've had, like, bad female relationships yep. when they were younger. With his aunt um, and his mother, yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely some people that I can think of who um, had a similar issue and only kind of got any sort of pleasure by, like, killing people and found that that's the only way that they could get any sort of kind of yeah. pleasure from prostitutes was by killing them. Yeah, so he's, he's fitting a mould, actually, isn't he? But he is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, one particular encounter with a prostitute who was being forced to carry out an act on him at gunpoint. We'll leave it <laughs> like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were disturbed by two night watchmen who, remember, he hated. Oh, no. So he simply shot them both dead. And then he also shot the prostitute. Oh no! <laughs> so that was in one night. What's uh, something out of a film? But she actually survived and oh. was later able to help the police. She helped by giving information to a sketch artist who was able to come up with a, a, a sort of a so likeness cool. of him and uh, and other information about him. And she went on to testify against him in, in court. Wow. Well, Those sketch artist things always blow my mind. <laughs> like I don't think I could describe anybody. Not even like you or Richard, like <laughs> in such detail to anybody <laughs> that they could draw a picture to link it. It blows my mind that they are able to do that. Maybe they know the questions to ask and um, yeah. Know if maybe not that good with faces. <laughs> His rage against prostitutes didn't stop there, though. By the end of March 1998, so this is now a period of about five months in total, I suppose, he had shot and killed an Albanian prostitute, a Russian prostitute, a Nigerian sex worker, and a Ukrainian, which oh now God. brought his total to 14. So as I say, that's October, November, December, January, February, March. And in six months, he killed 14 Jeez. people. How's no one caught him yet? <laughs> it's a very good question, yeah. Um, he also robbed an Italian prostitute, but she survived his assault on her. Oh, that's good. So... Uh, she didn't actually get killed. Now, his lust for killing was overtaking him now. And on the 12th of April, 1998, he boarded a train from Genoa to Venice with the express intention of finding and killing a woman. A specific woman or just anyone? any woman? Any woman. He just wanted oh, to okay. kill a woman. Yeah. Romantic uh, in Venice. Yeah. So he was on the train and he watched as a young woman went to use the toilet on the moving train. He forced the door open, allegedly, with either the, a skeleton key or a service key. Okay. The train that he had. Um, and he threw a jacket, and it's not clear whether it was his or hers, over her head and shot her. And he did that for no other reason than he wanted to kill someone. He didn't even make it to Venice. He was just on the train. He was just on the she, Yeah. Yeah. Well, presumably then he just got off the train when it did get in there, and they just found this body in the locked locked toilet Jesus. at the end of the journey and off he was gone into the uh, on, into the crowds that's ridiculous yeah within a week he did the same thing again but this time on a train from Genoa to San Remo 
and he used the same method of breaking into a toilet occupied by a young woman, used her jacket as a makeshift silencer for the gun, and again shot and killed her. And left her body in the toilet, locked the door, and off he went. So now his body count is 16 in seven months. Yeah. The murders of two respectable women, as opposed, presumably, Mm. to prostitutes, both found dead in locked toilets on trains in the Italian Riviera, caused a bit of a public outcry, which then in turn triggered the police to set up a specific task force to look into these murders. And there is no indication at this point that anyone had actually linked these 16 deaths. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, uh, mainly because his modus operandi was so weird and different. It didn't really follow a a, a pattern. Um, Prostitutes, security guards, money lenders, jewellery people, it it wasn't any particular type. The only, I suppose the only thing is that that he shot them all. Yeah. (laughs) Was he still using those, like, cut-off Well. I think so, yeah, they're wall cutters, yeah. Okay. Now, his 17th and final murder took place on the 20th of April, 1998, okay. when he shot and killed a petrol station or a service station attendant and stole the day's takings, the equivalent of about £650. So it's not, not very much, is it? Not very much, no. Now, once the police got their teeth stuck into this, they, they acted pretty quickly. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, as I just mentioned, his MO was not consistent and there was no real specific motive for any of these either, other than, on the whole, he just wanted to kill people. Yeah, there were mm. some robberies involved. But remember, he'd been carrying out robberies for the last 30-odd years yeah. without killing anybody. However, he drove quite a distinctive black Mercedes, which one of the prostitutes that he'd Mm. been around was able to describe to the police, together with that sort of sketch drawing. And Bilancia was, of course, known to the police because, yeah, he'd got... Oh, of course, yeah. He'd got... (laughs) He'd got a little bit of history. (laughs) He'd got a bit of history with him for one thing and another, yeah. And but and based on the descriptions that mainly the prostitutes and I suppose people on the train or whatever were able to give, he rapidly became their chief suspect. Wow. So they spent about two weeks, 10 days, two weeks trailing Bilancia around bars and coffee shops, collecting his used glasses, cups, discarded cigarette ends for DNA analysis. Mm. Yeah. I think we've seen them do that on true crime programs yeah. we, where they sort of go around <laughs> anything that they've touched or yeah um and then on may the 6th 1998 so yeah only two or three weeks after his last killing police swooped on him um now i've got two different reports here um, okay because there are news stories from the time that you can you can look up and there's also yeah, yeah now sources on wikipedia so it depends which one you believe but um some of them say that they just swooped on him at home uh or are 
another account is that they uh, caught up with him after a routine hospital appointment. They were sort of waiting for him oh, outside. Okay. Or maybe he came home from a hospital appointment and that's when they okay. <laughs> arrested him. But one way or another, he was arrested on May the 6th, 1998, and they seized his gun, which, of course, was a match for all the bullets that they'd mm. found, all the yeah, discarded casings and all the rest of it that they'd found at these various scenes. Wow. I, mean, I can't understand how. Yeah, okay, you wrapped a jacket around the um, the gun on the train, but that would make a heck of a noise. It would be noisy, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Uh, and all these gunshots going off in the night around the prostitute areas. And yeah. I thought people would come running. So, I don't know. I mean, we've seen it in other stories, haven't we? Where yeah. Things are just not done until it's a little bit too late. And yeah, until 16 people are dead. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he was held and questioned for eight days. Now, that seems a long time to hold someone. I don't, I don't yeah. know what the rules are in Italy or, saying, or whatever yeah. around that. But, um, but after that time, again, something snapped in him. <gasps> and Bilancia confessed. Oh, wow. And allegedly, according to reports, he talked solidly for two days without pausing. Oh, my God. Explaining to the police exactly what he'd done, drawing diagrams uh, and recounting every one of these 17 murders. Wow. Yeah. So It's almost like he had, like, an episode. Yeah. And he, like, kind of snapped into this, like, manic episode for six yeah. months and then snapped out of it again. Yeah, yeah. Donato Bilancia's trial started in May 1999, so pretty much a year later. And it then took 11 months for the trial to conclude. That's a long time. That's a long oh my time, given that he'd confessed. But I yeah. suppose all they had was his confession, and I yeah. guess they had to then present evidence that put him at each of those crimes or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know the reason why it was such a long trial. It's a really long trial. Yeah. Do they only do like an hour a day or something? Maybe. maybe. Stop for like yes. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> coffee and then siestas yeah. and all, 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 all those sort of things. Some, uh, yeah, pizza, levicello. Magnan. Oh, that's Spain. Yeah. That's Spain, yeah. <laughs> but that's sort of, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll see they're taking three weeks. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. They were having too much fun in the sun. Yeah. So anyway, his trial took 11 months. Uh, during <laughs> during that time, his own lawyer described him as being crazy for the needless okay, yeah. killing of so many prostitutes. And clearly, he was having, he, he, he had mental health issues. Yeah. And it transpired that some of that could have been attributed to the death of his brother, who had committed suicide by jumping in front of a train with his baby son in his arms. <gasps> oh, my God. Now, that is pretty traumatising, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's not a nice thing to experience. So 11 months later, on the 12th of April 2000, Belanchia was sentenced to 13 terms of life imprisonment. Wow. For the 17 murders, plus another 20 years for attempted murder of the sex worker who survived. The mm -hmm. one who gave the uh, the police the evidence that they needed. And the judge ordered that he should never be released. Fair. 
he is one of Italy's most prolific serial killers. Uh, mm. But in prison, he was described as a model prisoner. In actual fact, his story was dramatised quite soon after he, he went into prison uh, in a TV miniseries in 2003 well, okay. in Italy. He was also interviewed live in 2004 on Ray One, which is the channel in Italy, which is like their flagship channel of the Italian National Broadcast. Okay. So it's a bit like BBC One. BBC, yeah. uh, and afterwards, apparently, the interviewer was heavily criticised for that interview. I think for maybe for glorifying it. Yeah. So they sent him to prison. They didn't send him to like a mental institute or a was... psychiatric hospital or anything like that. Yeah, no, he was just in prison. That's interesting. Yeah. So he was in the spotlight a few times, but he actually studied quite a lot when he was in jail. He obtained a diploma in accountancy and he went on to study tourism through, uh, through university there as well. He attempted to appeal his sentence and to have it commuted to like a fixed term of 30 years, which okay. would have meant he would have been well into his 70s probably by the time he would have been released. Mm. Uh, but every time he tried, it was unsuccessful. The end of this story is fairly contemporary in as much as Donato Bellancia died on the 17th of December 2020. Did he have COVID? Of COVID. <gasps> no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he wasn't very old. What, 60? He was 69. One? Yeah. Oh, 69? 69, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. That's the story of Donato Belancia. A sad story, I think, like we've said. Sad that he ended up in that situation. Yeah. And that that happened to him. I mean, what I'm finding about, you know, when we're looking into these different people is... is there's an awful lot of backstory yeah. to these things. It's not just a case of he was a bad man, he killed people, he went to prison. Yeah. It was, you know, what what caused it? And mm. did he want to do those things or did he feel he had to? Or like the gambling, did he feel he, did he enjoy it? Was it a choice or was it just something he was compelled to do because that's all he knew? And the robberies... Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? I think there's definitely a different type of psychology behind people who just snap and kill one person and then keep them in the boot of their car for 10 months. And well, yeah. somebody who kills 17 people. Like, in there's such a short period of time. There's different things going on in their head, isn't there? There's yeah. different motivations there, which I sounds really obvious, but they've got different makeups, haven't they? It's really interesting, I think. It is interesting because, yeah, what caused him to do it? Uh, he had no motive. It wasn't like this person, well, it started off with those gamblers mm. wronging him by by cheating his, cheating him out of all of that money at a game. And then that just caused him to snap. It's weird that he, like, unsnapped at the end, though. Well, only after he'd been arrested. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what he would have got on to do then. Yeah, no, that's very that true, yeah. Um, but, uh, and it, how quickly he went from like a bit of petty robbery to mm-hmm. literally killing 17 people in a very short, short space of time. of time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you enjoyed yeah. that story of Donato Bilancia, yeah, look him up, find out yeah, some more, do some, do some back reading about it. I will um, do. So what's the exciting news that we have for our listener? So um, 
the eagle eyed amongst you may have noticed that we have a new logo, which is very exciting. Yep. Thank um, you for doing that. It's really no, good. You're welcome. I'm really sure for that. I'm particularly impressed with the leopard print that she put me in. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we're going to be getting some small bits of merchandise created. So if you would like us to send you something, um, just drop us a message on Instagram or on uh, the email or on Facebook, anywhere like that. And um, and we'll send you a little something to say thank you for listening to us. Yep. Yep. Free of charge. Yep. No charge. Just a little thanks for listening to us. Unless so we get have... completely overrun with requests. Yeah. Then we <laughs> might have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be too excited. It's not going to be like bags or uh, no, it's just t-shirts a... or anything like that. It'll <laughs> be a little token just to say. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so uh, get in touch. You can, as Phoebe just said, you can reach us through our Instagram page, which is at Dad and Daughter Do Death, or through Facebook, Dad and Daughter Do Death, or our email, Dad and Daughter Do Death at gmail.com. <laughs> and I will put a couple of pictures and a bit more information around uh, Donato Bilancia onto our social pages as well, as is normal. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Don't forget, write in. Yeah, don't forget. Cla- yeah, get Claim your free this. merch. Claim your free <laughs> merchandise. Um, and let us know how you are enjoying the podcast. Any feedback, very gratefully received. If you've got any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover or um, anything you think that would be that we'd be interested in having a look at please do send it our way anything kind of european based and don't forget to subscribe on uh, itunes or spotify and like us and send us a little message on there if you so please yeah be good to hear from you yes definitely so until next time join us again we're once again dad and daughter Do death.